You like superhero movies? You like blood? You like Kevin Bacon? Yes. You like porn? Yes. Well, I got the movie for you. It's Super 2010, James Gunn. Woo! We are Eject Rejects, us being the Rejects. I'm Forrest. I'm Jacob. And I'm Ian. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Super 2010, James Gunn, the gentleman who brought you Slither, Guardians 1 and 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. I guess I just sounded cool saying Guardians 1 and 2, then I'm like, what if people don't know what I mean when I say Guardians 1 and 2? I'm, I'm fairly certain that most people know what Guardians of the Galaxy is at this point. It's in the fact that Marvel like is everywhere. And with that whole James Gunn controversy thing, it was just yeah. blasted everywhere, so they know him. Yeah. He's a well-known guy. Drama makes a lot of news. Yes, it does. This is a drama llama. So, Super 2010 is, once again, a James Gunn film, and it definitely feels like a James Gunn film. The premise of this movie is a gentleman played by Rain Wilson, the gentleman from Office who plays Dwight. He is Frank Darby. Frank Darby's on shit creek without a paddle he's lost the only thing that really matters to him his wife and to get her back he goes on this crazy wild insanity goose chase of a movie towards what he believes he is doing the right thing by donning the personification of a superhero the crimson bolt and he whacks people uh, blows people up and gets a bunny yeah that's a uh... That that's I guess you could say yeah that's more or less the synopsis of the film. Um, in regards to other um, actors and actresses that are in the film, so yeah, Rain Wilson, Frank Darbo, also known as the Crimson Bolt, uh, also known as Dwight Schrute, uh, that's slightly more insane. Um, you've also got Ellen Page who plays as his sidekick uh, called Bolty. Her real name is Libby in the film, so you know Crimson Bolt Bolty. Hey, it's cute. Right? It works. No, it's not. Um, there's also Liv Tyler, Sarah, who is um, Frank Darbo's ex-wife, drug addict. They don't really divorce. Were no. they even married? Well, they, they do divorce by the end of the film, but the majority of the film, it is him trying to get her back when she's basically, or he believes is stolen from him from an individual played by Kevin Bacon. Gotcha. And then you've also got uh, Jacques, 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 uh, played by Kevin Bacon. Good old Kevin Bacon from one of the best films in existence, Tremors. Um, and he's the bad guy. He's kind of a what crime lord, gigolo, snivelly, kind of pusher, snarky. Kind of character. He's very snarky. He's a, yeah. He's a snarky like I. He portrayed it well enough to where it's like probably one of the more realistic versions of what I picture these guys to be. Sure, kind of like a little bit of everything. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like a lower level, yeah, level kind of crime lord. He's not guy, super. Sure. He's not super intimidating, but like you know, he has power. But he's not. But he's just a regular guy who talks like the. Anyway, we'll we'll get more into what the scene is. But sure, he, he's a very realistic version of what I feel a higher up mob boss quote quote guy yeah. would be. Yeah, Mob Boss, I think, might be a good way to describe it. And then lastly, um, my favorite appearance in the film is uh, Nathan Fillion, who plays as mm -hmm. the Holy Avenger, also known as uh, Bible Man 2.0, um, who's, oh, um, he's not, we'll get into Nathan Fillion and his character a little bit, but he's not, like, in the movie, kind of. 
We'll explain. He's an influence. He's he's the muse for our character, without a doubt. Yeah. So this was um this was Nathan this was Nathan Fillion. Wow. I'm just stuck on Captain Reynolds. Hmm. Uh James Gunn. This is James Gunn's second film um that he's ever done. This first one was Slither, and then after he did Super, he went on to do movie forty three, I think was before Guardians. Or was movie forty three after Guardians? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't think it really matters at this point because anyone who knows what movie forty three is, is hot garbage. Yeah, but <laughs> movie forty three is hot garbage, and <clears throat> this movie has moments of that too. Sure, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, but <clears throat> I think after watching this film, I was even more confused how he got a hold of Guardians of the Galaxy and Marvel, owned by Disney, the most PC company known to mankind nowadays. But we'll get into that as well. Because Marvel put up the bumpers on his bowling alley. James Gunn was throwing gutter balls down, down, and Marvel was like, okay, you're playing with the bumpers up now. Gutter ball. I like that reference. That's a good one, Bubba. I like it. Yeah, so this is technically a superhero mockumentary film. This, in my opinion, has some overtones of kind of like The Office from the mockumentary standpoint. That's you know got that that sense of realism and everything. Um, obviously, of course, the characters don't know that they're filmed. That's got that more cinema feel of you're just following Frank Darbon what he's doing. But it definitely makes fun of like the super superhero genre in a way. If superheroes were real, this is very much like um, Kickass. A lot of people compare this to Kickass. Um, Kickass is different. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that too. All I'm going to say right now is Kickass makes sense. Super does not. Oh boy! So I wanted to jump off on that as well. This film is a mishmash of two superhero maku films of Kickass and Defendor. Kickass, a lot of you should be familiar with. It's a very incredibly violent and gritty movie, and that and this movie itself lends a lot into that. Although this film is much more mature. This film has more grits and realism to the violence. While Kick-Ass, that violence is fun and punchy. The violence in this is meant to be... Disturbing. Disturbing. Uh, So it has a much more adult feel to it, which lends itself to reminding me a lot of Defendor, which is this film played by um, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is an individual who is mentally disturbed, and he's put up against uh, crime bosses. And so this film is this fun little intermediate where it plays off of the grits and the insanity and finds this cool little in-between of kick-assdom. I think I'm the only one here at the table that believes that. So this is going to be another all-out brawl for the most part. But I will hand it off to whoever would like to talk before I do. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, still, I'm still really up in the air about this film. There were there were things that I really enjoyed about it, but the things that I did not like about it are they're too they're just too bad to really I'm I'm just I'm so I'm so just stuck in the middle with this. Can you and describe bad like bad just disgusting or just bad cheesy in general? There so I think there were bad just, like okay, so for example, the tentacle scene, the the touched by God scene, that Corn was dogs. bad. Which is basically the the vision that he has in this movie that is a leaping off and jumping off point to whether you want to watch the movie itself. So when you get to the certain point and you see the hentai touched by God scene, if you can't take it, 
don't finish the film, I will tell you right off the bat. If you can't handle that scene that does not tickle your fancy or touch your corn dogs, don't watch the film. It's not going to be for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, kind of touching off what Jacob said here is is that this film, so so usually a little bit behind the scenes on Eject Reject, since we're wrapping up season one, guys, yay, um, is usually we tend to do our movie recordings um, after we watch the film, you know, usually within a week. This time we took a little bit more of a break. We sometimes do that, sometimes don't. Um, and both Jacob and I had the opinion of that we wanted to kind of sit on it a little bit more and then potentially rewatch it to see how we felt about it. Um, I didn't. I don't believe that Jacob did either. I did not. Um, I'm a little bit more firmly centered on my opinions on the film. And, and, and really, I we can get into the plot and kind of what happens and everything. At least I think we need to a little bit. But I think my biggest issue I had with this film is it really crossed the line at points and it crossed lines that made me as a viewer have difficulty stay as a critic, if that makes sense. It, it messed with things that me as a person was just not okay with, and it made it very difficult for me to watch. And the reason why I want to bring that up is I want is I want to highlight the fact that, as we said before, we're not critics, right? We try to be. Sometimes I feel like I tend to try to be more of a critic than I should at times. Um, and usually I try and stay as, as even-keeled as possible. This film was very hard for me to do that. It was very, very difficult. So everything I say about this movie is going to be with that perspective, with a grain of salt, I'm going to say. Um, but just keep in mind, I am going to try and be as level as possible in what I have to say. I think this film is going to show you how you view films as just a popcorn going average sure. Joe movie viewer. You're either going to go into this film and you're looking for dumb action, mindless, just eating popcorn, having fun. There's a lot of fun, dumb action in this, but the slow parts are meant to be just grinding to the whole, maybe a little too slow, if not a little too odd for you, missing some of that, that core to the action. If you're watching this film for the the cleverness and the, the ingenuity of a funny dark comedy, a lot of that's going to be in there for you. But once again, it can be a little too harsh for a lot of those people. There's a few scenes that are very offensive. If you go into this film and you want to feel something, you don't care what it is, such as myself. I like going into films and feeling raw distinct emotions whether it's happiness or disgust and this film shows that to me i i, I get on the edge of my seat holy shit this fucking shit and awesome versus oh boy i'm uncomfortable and i like feeling that in a film a story should make me feel something and in this movie it makes me feel something and makes me want to laugh it makes me want to kick shit it makes me want to uh bleach my eyes it also makes me want to heck and cry by the end of it so Depending on how you watch films, when you watch this, you'll know exactly if it's for you right off the bat. Um, and if it's not, no big deal. But if you get to the very end and you're like, this was fucking awesome, I hope this film stays with you because it stays with me. Um, I wasn't expecting that much depth and so quick. No, that, that was not an insult. That was a compliment. Good job. No, um, I, I, I guess I'll touch on some of the things that I enjoyed about it. I think the acting was very good. Uh, Rain Wilson, um, Ellen, Ellen Page. Ellen Page, Ellen thank Page, you. Yep. was really good in this. Ellen, Ellen Page was really good. And, mm. and <clears throat> um, I, no, and I'll, and I'll make a case, I'll make a case for Ellen Page. She, 
I, I'm not. I will not go into any type of detail. But she, um, she portrayed uh, her the mental illness very well. I think because it made me so uncomfortable. I have a firsthand experience in it. I won't. I won't get into how. But she, her character. I believe she said she was bipolar. Correct. No, or, she doesn't make any statement at whatsoever in regards to any sort of mental okay, illness. Okay, well, she definitely gives off the the vibe of it for me then. Um, I, I think I forgot because I think she played it well enough. She played it so well that it actually made me uncomfortable and gave me slight PTSD, um, which is, is both a good thing and a bad thing. It made me so uncomfortable that like her, her acting was really good in that aspect, but it just made me really uncomfortable. Um so and I think that's why I have to go back and forth with this movie because there's just there's good things about it like the acting but it gets to a point where it's just a little much at times. Yeah, so um unlike Six from Samurai, I am not going to sit here and just completely crap on this movie because there there were things that I did appreciate as as well. Um yes, I, I would agree. The the acting in general I thought was was pretty good. Um me personally, I just feel like Rain Wilson was just doing his Dwight shtick with a little bit more depth like it's just and that might also just be my perception because you know certain actors are just typecast a certain way like Morgan Freeman let's say right you know everyone knows what he's typecast as half the time you know you've got the 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 sage like kind of mentor character that's usually what mm-hmm. who you know he plays um so it might be a little bit of that but honestly especially like the opening dialogue in this film where he does where, where rain wilson's character does this little monologue and everything and i'm like oh my god what i feel like i'm watching a thing of the office where he's you know so but it was it was fine it was just it didn't really set anything apart it was still a good acting performance though um i think the problem i had with ellen page's character is she plays a comic book store clerk, right? And that's mm-hmm. how Frank Darbo meets Libby is he's trying to find out how to be a superhero. And to do that, he goes to the comic book and he buys comic books to read them, right? And I think the problem I had with with Libby's character is I didn't believe that she was a, a nerd. You know, I didn't. I, I I was like, why is this person in this comic book shop? Like, she didn't really come off to me as a person that really liked that kind of thing. And she just seemed to be more of like the the preppy bubbly happy girl kind of thing that devolves into that bubbliness devolves into like a sense of manic insanity kind of like you're talking about jacob mm-hmm. um but at no point did i feel like that she really believed or, or or as a character understood the things that she was saying it's like she was just reading from the script um jock's character was great though uh, the holy avenger was was the highlight for me on um, every single time that nathan fillion was on the tv and when i mean on the tv i mean on the tv in the film through my tv um because he's basically a, a tv character in the show he's not actually there sort of um god whenever he was on 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 there on screen i'm like oh god this is just too hilarious for me i um, mean Liv tyler was fine you know she she played a very good strung out drug addict she acted crazy out of her mind all the time basically yeah uh rewind ellen page was fantastic in this ian so shush your pie hole just good sir. just just my opinion like i said everything is um, this time around is probably gonna be more on my opinion and that's Fair my enough. opinion you have a right to your opinion your opinion is wrong so ellen page in this film she plays as ian uh, stated a comic book store clerk she is fun she's goofy she is peppy i do see where bowinkle slash bubba slash jacob is coming from when he says that she betrayed 
not betrayed, but portrayed, poached, <laughs> poached, poached, a, uh, maybe a source of mental illness. I don't believe that was the point of the film. I think these characters are supposed to be exaggerated in a very boring vehicle. These are supposed to be extraordinary things happening to an ordinary person and how it bends him. I can see how someone can pull mental illness out of this. I don't believe that is the point of the story. With Ellen Page, though, she made tons of weird little references that I feel like only someone hipster and in their own head would get it. Like, her first kind of line or second um, scene that she was in with Rain Wilson, she mentions her name is Libby. But don't mention the Libby and labels thing, because that drives me fucking nuts. For those who don't know that reference, that's going to go over your effing head, but that doesn't stop the dialogue from continuing that train, because that's her character. And she constantly references um, comic book heroes and um, uh, certain abilities and characters to the point where the end of the film, she is donning Wolverine-type blades, which are akin to um, a reference she made earlier in the film about Wolverine with blades, and also referenced her own character that she played in X-Men, Kitty Pride. in the X-Men comics at one point does have blades on her hands. So I thought that was kind of a fun little reference. So, I mean, whether it means anything to you, Ian, I think you're wrong. But that—that's all meta stuff. That the, the, the character—we're getting a little. I think that's like a little nitpicky, in my opinion. But it's kind of like you're referencing the actress playing another character. No, I was. But you're not talking the about the character. Character making references. The character herself knows what she wants to be. I don't know. I guess it might just be her appearance and everything. Is it's just I'm like she did not seem like that person. Did not seem to be like maybe she'd been more introverted and then she became a little bit darker or something. Maybe. Or yeah, to me it just didn't work. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> I I sort of agree but disagree with you at the same time, Forrest. I think that mental illness is actually a big point of this movie because it is what is driving it to a certain extent, I think. Libby, Libby, okay, hear me out because you're making faces. Hear me out. Because what is the first thing that Libby wanted to do? She wanted to go kill some guy because mm-hmm. he, what did, what did he do? He keyed her car or keyed her friend's car? Keyed her friend's car, yeah. In her own words, he's freaking evil. Exactly. He's a bad man. Exactly. He deserved it. I'm just saying it's... It's very, it's very like reminiscent of things that I have firsthand experienced in that aspect. And Rain Wilson's character too. Yes, it's his driving force is based on one the the touch of God scene that I will I have nightmares about that. I will never get that out of my brain. Oh, God tentacles, was, tentacles, and corn dogs. God in this movie is voiced by Rob Zombie. By the way, there you go. That's all. Woo. Was he really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> James Gunn plays the devil in the show. Um, mm-hmm. God, or Demon's Will is the character he plays. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, plus the... Um, oh, my God, there was another point I was going to make, and I totally spaced on it, so go Mental ahead. Mental illness, schizophrenia, it was, it was. Thank you. It was, um, it was Rain... I feel like it was Rain Wilson's drive for it, too, because he, he feel like... That's what it was. He felt like God was trying to tell him through that tv show that he had to go get his wife that that screams that to me and that's not that's not a jab at anything that's okay. that's it was an observation that i that i that made me come to a conclusion that this movie a big driving force behind it was mental illness and the most extreme things you can do 
in the cases of it. So when we finished viewing this film, and this was the first time Jacob and Ian have seen this film, obviously, this is a forest film, surprise, surprise. They mentioned Joker and relating this film to it. Joker is similar to the fact of it's an individual pressed by society and mental illness and how that shapes him and how his actions are affected by other people's actions, society's actions, and the... the you're, you're referring to Joker 2019, the, for the film is what we're specifically, just yes. so the audience is the aware Joker, of what you're talking the, about. Uh, yeah. Walking Phoenix. Yeah. So they made a connection to that, and I'm hard-pressed to disagree with it. The reason being is that portion of mental illness was displayed in the film very much so. It, 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 it did not bash you over the head with it, but it made it evident of what the story was about. Um, in this film, it doesn't mention um, mental illness at all. And I, I can't disagree that a lot of these people probably aren't in the right mind. But I enjoyed the ride of this film. I enjoyed the fact that these people were ordinary people that were not dealing with, with uh, these interactions that were far from ordinary. This guy has lived a boring and drab life in the beginning of the film he states that he has had two perfect moments one of them marrying his wife and now that his wife has been taken away she's basically relapsed into uh, basically her addictive um, drug and um, other pretty bad habits so the story is about him trying to save her and i'm going to ruin a little bit of it here because i feel like it's incredibly important and maybe I'm a little too passionate about this film that is literally just about bashing heads and screwing the pooch. This film has has a line in it where he says near the end that this this journey, kind of phrasing it here, wasn't about him. It was about her. He is not the main purpose of this story. His, his mental abilities or um, stability is not the importance it's what he did and how he did it to save someone else someone else was struggling so he saved them this person who who had this 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 um addiction towards drugs it it i i would be hard pressed to say that it was more about choices than mental illness maybe about addiction about the choices that other people make for other people so going to your reference about that we made that we we made the when we finished watching a film about Joker and why I feel like Joker is a better representation is is this film is has nothing to do in my opinion with the main character being the product of a society and him turning towards doing terrible things because society pushes him to with his mental illness like Joker 2019 does Th this character th th this okay so here was the reason why the film bothered me so much is the main characters the heroes that we're supposed to believe in they do things that are quite frankly just atrocities as far as I'm concerned, like really terrible things in the name of doing something right. And you're saying here for us that the whole point of the film is that uh, Frank Darbo has to save Sarah from herself. But then from that perspective, it the way that the film was trying to push a message was the ends justify the means. It doesn't matter what you've done as long as the end is you save a person. But in the meantime, they leave a trail of bodies behind them. They do a lot of terrible things. Libby gets killed um, in a very gruesome manner. Um, a lot of other people get killed. 
and it's just utter chaos. And that was the problem I had with the film is the film to me, my personal interpretation, again, like I said earlier, with the critic versus the personal interpretation, is the film to me seemed to glorify or exemplify the opinion of it doesn't matter what terrible shit you've done in your life, as long as the end result is you save someone else, it doesn't matter. And, and I, I just I simply can't agree with that. I, I really can't. And I think where the film really drives this home, and I'm actually going to quote what Frank Darbo says at the very end of the film is he says, it was always about her, and if he hadn't done the things he did, Sarah would have never gone better and never had kids with another person. But blood is on his hands. Whether they're good people or bad people, he still did terrible things. I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy hit a dude over the head and caved the skull in with a wrench. Because he butted in line. Because he butted in line. And I just butted in line. Yeah. And, and I guess that's my thing is is the movie is very... It contradicts what the message is trying to tell because that line, which I'll I'll jump off and we'll talk about that line later because that is my favorite line of the film. I just the, the message was very muddled and honestly, the message just made it seem like it was okay to act the way that all the characters did in the film, and I had a major problem with that personally. Yeah, I actually, now that you mentioned that, I I do agree with that. I think I think this is this movie really it. It does send a really mixed message that as long as your overall goal is good, it doesn't matter what happens from point A to point Z. As long as you get, as long as your goal in Z is good, doesn't matter what happens in between. And you know, like like you said, Libby, Libby does die. The cop who gets shot, not necessarily by, um, or the cop does not get oh, yeah, killed totally by detective. by um, Rain Wilson's character, but he gets shot by Kevin Bacon's cronies. Um, and it's just, it, it, it felt like he was really overdoing it for like, how many other lives did he, did he ruin to save one? Exactly. He ruined so many other people's lives in the movie to save one that at the end of the day, and this isn't justifying her not being, you know, safe or anything. But at the end of the day, he wasn't even meant to be with her. Like, I get it. I get it's this. I know it, it, he's white knighting himself, basically. He, he is a white knight. You know, he, he's doing it. There is a reason behind it. And, you know, I guess if you look at it on a baseline, it's a noble reason. He wants to save her from, you know, from her old life. Because, and even if that doesn't mean that she ends up with him, that's fine. But it's just not, it is not appropriate, all of the things he did in between. And while I found the montage of when he first became a superhero, or a vigilante, I found that montage hilarious. Oh yeah, that was the hilarious. Movie, the movie does have funny moments, the movie has really heartfelt moments, but when you pull every, when you step back and just look at it, it... Mm. It's just, it's got, it's got some really mixed shit in it and it's really polarizing. I like that we're getting really philosophical with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More so than I think a lot of other ones. But I want to mention maybe something that you guys either overlooked or maybe I looked too deeply into. But the whole entire film, Frank Darbo, he questions himself. There's a moment where he throws away his, his costume and he's like, this is a stupid, dumb idea. And he keeps questioning himself. And near the end of the film, uh, when Kevin Bacon and uh, Rain Wilson's character finally meet head to head, Kevin Bacon basically says, 
you're fucking killing. You're doing all this shit. You're no better than me. At what do you think this is going to accomplish? And then Rain Wilson sums up sums it up pretty perfectly. He basically says, "I don't know. I really don't know." But I don't know until I try. Exactly. So maybe it's going and jumping back to your quote with the ends, maybe not justifying the means. But once again, this movie was just dumb fun. <laughs> yeah, but that that point that you just made also kind of tiptoes back to my my uh, mental illness comment. It's because he's questioning it, yes, but because... God again told him to do it. He continued. He threw everything away. Sorry, I got really loud there for a second. He threw everything away, right? He threw it in the dumpster. Saw another episode of the Nathan Fillion show. Holy Avenger. Holy Avenger, Nathan Fillion as Bible man, whatever you want to call him. And he took that as a sign from God. Like that that just... that, that Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and it's just why I don't know. This this film is so uh, I'm so split in my brain because there's uh, there's so many things that just fucking frustrate me about it. But I can't say that it's a terrible movie. Unlike I think Ian would say it's a terrible movie. I think he actually said, mm. "God, that was terrible." After we watched it, so well, finish your thought but, first. But yeah, but that's that's why I, I keep going back and forth because there's. On a base level, as a movie, like there's really good elements to it. Music, acting, like every like that that has good parts. But when you delve deeper into the carcass of it, you realize it's kind of sour and rotten. Well, and I mean, yes, I know that my response when we watched the film was was rather negative and, and vehement, and, and I own that. And, and, and me as a person, like I said, that this movie messed with my with essentially what I considered values and importance, especially because there's a specific line that he says, which like almost more or less follows what I as a person believe in. And then the twist that on its head was what made it so offensive for me as a person. As a critic though, I don't think that this is a horrible movie. I think it was competently shot. It was competently directed. It had some interesting elements and it did legitimately have some parts that were very, very funny. It's just that this movie probably went a little bit too far the line for me as a person. And therefore I would say as a critic that other people are probably going to feel the same way. And I, I can't in that. That's, that's kind of my issue. So one thing I wanted to, two things I wanted to bring up and then I'll move on from this. And then I would like to, when we get back to me talk about some things I did like about the film because there were things is on um, the the mental illness thing I think that if they had made that more clear if they had been more direct and not like I'm not saying beat over the head because I don't want people to think like I'm saying like you have to spell everything out for me and add a bunch of exaggerated dialogue because I don't but you do have to make things clear to the audience because at the end of the day this is a movie and I feel like if they'd been more clear on the mental illness part it might have been a little bit more forgivable to me because then it's kind of a then the movie turns into a dialogue on how mental illness affects people and makes you think about that, like Joker does or something like and that. And the extremes you could potentially yeah. go to. Yeah, or on the flip side, Kick-Ass, because Kick-Ass is very similar. Kick-Ass isn't as offensive to me. The reason being is because Kick-Ass deliberately makes it more goofy and silly, and it doesn't cross certain lines that Super does, which I won't go into every single one. Um, but I think that's the thing, is like it just it, it, it went 
down the line I thought they were trying to do that Jacob's talking about too, and it didn't go that way in a way that made it make sense and therefore just made it seem like a mess. Um, and the, the other thing that was both a good thing about the film, but the way that they did was, was my favorite line in the film, as we've already stated, this is, you don't butt in line, you don't sell drugs, you don't molest little children, you don't profit from the misery of others. The rules were set a long time ago, they don't change. Yes, that was a great line. That was honestly probably one of the better lines I've heard in a film in a long time. It was delivered yeah, beautifully. Yeah, it was too. delivered great. I mean, Just that's why I said Ryan Wilson, spitting. like, yeah, Rain Wilson, he did a great job in this role. Like I said, kind of more of a psychotic Dwight Schrute, but nevertheless, it was very good. Um, the problem I have with that is he says that, then Jocks goes back and says, you know, how are you any different than me? I'm a terrible person, and so are you. And then Dwight Schrute says basically, yeah. And then to me, that completely circumvents what he already just said. And that was my issue is it's like, you don't do all these things, but it's okay if I do them, if that's the state of the girl. And that was my problem. I can't really argue with that. I, I get it. Um, but what I do want to jump on board is more of the film itself rather than the message. Um, jumping back to the the direction of this film. It was an independent film. It was made on $2.5 million budget. It grossed not a lot um this once again was an independent film and was given 24 days to shoot so to put that in perspective typically a film is given on average once again depending on a movie it is very different but 42 days halved it um these guys had to film it hectic off the wall few takes to save as much money as they can i actually watched a little documentary on this film and the filmmaker James Gunn and all the staff basically said this is the wildest film shooting they've ever done. It was the most fun. Um, shooting off the hip, action off the wall that you, you get one shot, you put your balls to the wall, and you keep moving. So it has this fun little crazy hectic pace that in a lot of cases you could see it causing issues to the film because if you don't have a whole lot of time to perfect that image, you're going to notice in this film I thought it, it did it perfectly. I'd second that too. Yeah, I'd absolutely yeah. agree. I mean, the film was very competently shot. Yeah. The, yeah, sure. The only thing maybe I had a somewhat of an issue with is only near the beginning of the film, um, it has this wonderful little animated sequence in it with uh, this great little theme song to it. But the rest of the film is shot in this very like bleached sitcom looking um, coloring where it contradicts the fact that it's trying to be a comic book sort of kind of movie. So I I like comic book movies like Kick-Ass where everything's bright and colorful. So when people shoot each other's heads off, it, it adds to that, oh, this is funny rather than gritty. Well, this movie plays with the fact that the, the lighting and the mood is not like a comic book movie, but you're expected to believe and feel it's a comic book movie when he's just blasting people left and right. Yeah, um, I can agree with that. Um, a, a, going on to a couple of um, good things. Well, the so two things. One, regardless of what any... What you, I think all three of us have a slightly different opinion on the film. This movie gets you talking. Yes, we, it does. We have definitely had a discussion regardless of what we all think about it. But something that the characters did, specifically Rain Wilson's character and Libby did, is... And I and I think this was very intentional, but any time, pretty much any time they were on screen and doing what they were doing, I was always really anxious, but also <laughs> cringed. Oh, God, so yeah. much And cringe. I think 
I, I personally believe that that was on purpose because something I think Forrest hit on like nail on the head with is this movie was made to make you feel something. Like, it was made, like, you could, you know, you could, on a broad spectrum, say, oh, every movie is made to make you feel something. No, this movie had the, went in, I think, with the intention of making you feel, whether it, it feel like hardcore feel something. And whenever those two were on, on the screen, I was incredibly uncomfortable. Whether that was me being anxious, because what the fuck are you guys going to do now? Stop it, please. Or, with the cringe... What the fuck are you guys doing now? Stop, Stop it, please. please. <laughs> like, like it. This movie will make you feel some type of emotion, whether it's whether it was Ian's initial one at the end with God, that was terrible, and you know this is why. Whether it's for his love of it, whether it's my, I don't know how to feel about it. It, it. This movie will make you feel emotion, and it will go and it will turn the knob up to eleven. Yeah, yanks that dial off, absolutely. I mean, the other things I did like about the film, so first talking about the filmography and everything, I thought the cinematography was very good, especially considering the fact that I also found that too, like Forrest said, that they had 24 days to shoot. I didn't realize that, of course, at the time, and that just makes me appreciate that aspect of the film more. I appreciate the actual um, technical stuff behind it. Um, Some of the other lines, and there were certain scenes that if you just pluck those scenes out, I think they're excellent and very, very funny. Some of the lines that Frank Darbo says, shut up crime is his um, <clears throat> catchphrase. That is, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, and then, there's a, and then there's another one where someone counters and tells him to shut up, and he looks confused, and he says, well, if I shut up, how can I tell crime not to shut up? And it's just like, that's funny. And then when he's first researching to become the Crimson Bolt, he goes to the library, and he goes up to the library and goes, hello, I'm a college student, and I'm doing a report on where to buy drugs. The streets, uh, all the drug dealers are. And it's just, it's so ridiculous and, and stupid. And he's wearing a really bad beard. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's I forgot like about the stupid taped beard. Oh, you can see it She even off. points it out, right? She's like, oh, yeah. that, that is a, that's a fake beard. No, no. No, this is real. This is how my beard grows in. It's like clumping off of his face, and it's not sticking all the way. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then another line, and just to give a little bit of backstory, is, is after Libby becomes Bolty and teams up with Frank Darbo, is they're, they're, they're waiting just – it's like a, in like a gravel area. It's like a sandlot from like the it's movie The Sandlot. Dumpster. And it's behind like a dumpster or whatever, and they're just like waiting for crime to happen. And then Libby's like, I'm bored. Is this what you do every single night? And then um, she goes, you don't see them bored in comic books, meaning superheroes. And then Frank Darbo's response is, this is what happens between the panels. And I'm like, that's that's, really that's very clever. Yeah. Like, I, I really liked that. I thought that was good. Um, so I, I did appreciate those elements of the movie, without a doubt. James Gunn is very witty in certain ways. James Gunn is a very intelligent writer. Yeah, he's almost kind of like a, 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 a less quippy version of... Um, um, trying to say Quentin Tarantino. Joss Whedon. Oh. Joss Whedon. I just, yeah. I just think when he's left <laughs> to his own, it, he never really fully executes it, I think, to its fullest potential. Sure. I'm sorry, Forrest. I know, I know you love this movie, and I don't, you know, I don't knock on you for liking it or anything. I can see why you like it. I personally i just feel like when he's left to his own and he doesn't have a big backing from like marvel i think when he's left on his own i think he just doesn't quite execute it the way or to its full like i said to its fullest potential i just don't think he fully nails it 
I think he nails it on that peck and head, but I think you guys and the listeners have already picked that up. Well, and it's weird because it, it's it. No, 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 no. This is more of an observation. The last, however many episodes this season we've had where there was humongous disagreements, whether it was you two sure. for six string or whether it was me and you. Notice the common denominator there. But whether it was me and you, Forrest, for <laughs> Little Monsters, there was always heated arguments there, at least in some form. I feel yeah. like in this one, you expected, like I said, like I had mentioned before, you expected there to be an emotion. So you're not as emotional and you're not as, you're not as upset because the movie did what you expected it what to it do and to do. what you love it for, yeah. which is, I think, why you're not as jumping over the table trying to attack us this time because this movie is making me and Ian feel some type of way. Yeah. And that's why you love it, which I can appreciate, but yeah. No, I, I think that's perfect. This film knows what it wants to be. It knows its audience. And it wants to be offensive, and it succeeds at that. And with this film, I I picked it because I knew it was going to be decisive. I figured this would be a fun one to conversate about. Um, this film, and I keep saying it, it's not for everyone, and I understand that. But I also feel like you're going to tell the type of person you are when you watch this film. Are you going to get stuck on the, the mental um, abilities of these characters, or are you going to get stuck on the, the action ridiculousness of this movie? Well, it's just a great film for us to end this season on before we roll into season two. Hope you all are listening because we're going to keep on rolling. We're still here um, because this was a very great film to discuss. I oh, think, yeah. You know, I think I think you made a pretty good choice for us. I didn't realize that it was going to. I had no idea what was in store. No, no, I didn't know it was going to make this type of conversation come out of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. I think it's time to get close to uh, final final thoughts. And at, at, after we do, um, God forbid, the, the hopefully okay Urban Dictionary Corner, the final one, by the way, um, there's a couple of notes I want to make on t- about season two. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, certainly. So recommends. Obviously, I love this film. Um, and I will stick to the the first statement that I made, that if you can get past the scene of which... Frank Derby has the image of God or has been touched by God. If you can't get past that, it's not going to hurt you to just walk away from this film. Just rent it. If you love it, you're going to buy it. There you go. I'll, I'll neither, go. Yeah. neither of us yeah, want to go. Jacob like locking eyes. <laughs> I think everyone knows my answer. My answer is no. I mean, I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, other films that we've seen, you know, that I had some issues with Six String Samurai, for example, like I at least found some value but if you're an Ian and you're not a Forrest, I feel like that you're going to feel just as, quite frankly, offended and your sensibilities offended by this film. That being said, I do recognize that this is a film. This is a real movie, meaning it actually does something. It does. It's not just, you know, bland entertainment to, you know, pump out to people that just want to sit there and turn their brains off. That's not what this film is. But me as a person, I just, I can't, I'm sorry for us that this film is, is in on the blacklist for me. Only slightly disappointed. It's yeah. fine. So I've, I've been thinking 
this entire time for this since I've since I've seen it, whether I was going to recommend this movie or not. Um, I think my final conclusion. Don't don't you give me that look, Forrest. Um, as a movie, no, I cannot recommend this film. However, what I will I I, I also at the same time recommend you go and watch it. Because, and especially if you have friends that are into movies a little bit differently, just like us three, this movie will spark a conversation with you. So yes, if you want to watch this and have a conversation and like, this is a movie you can delve deep into whether you realize it or not. Cause I didn't realize it was going to be this deep when, before we started recording this. So yes, if you want to have a, deep conversation with your friends about it because I guarantee you that this movie is polarizing. This movie is. So there's going to be people that love it. There's going to be people that hate it. So if you want to have a conversation, yes. Can I recommend it to just the casual movie watcher who, you know, everyone else? No, I can't. So I'm, as I started, I'm still stuck in the middle here, but I don't know. That's, that's my answer. That's probably the best I can give at this point because I still just don't know. That's the that is my sum that is my summation for this movie. I don't know. That's fine. I I respect your opinion, <laughs> but not mine. <laughs> no, not not yours either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Urban Dictionary. This is the closeout for season two. Um, this season will one. be oh crap! <laughs> the closeout for season one. This will also be our last Urban Dictionary. So I want. It to be another one where we come up with the the blurb. And he uh, means ever, by the way. Ever. We decided that we are not going to do Urban Dictionary Corner anymore because you know why. Well, we wanted to do something different each season. Each season we're going to try to come back bigger and stronger and harder and thicker. Thick. Thickeroni and cheese. So with, with this... Um, Next season, we want to do something different. We want to improve, and we want to um, maybe have some sort of other clever little ending, of which we'll discuss later. But Urban Dictionary, I want us to come up with a blurb for Kevin Bacon. Uh, okay. Got any ideas, Jacob? I got one for you, but... It's not sexual. It's It doesn't have to be sexual. You send... It's you send every single Kevin you know some bacon well, in the mail. Wonderful. In the mail. Oh, I like that. That's cute. You send you send him mail bacon. <laughs> <laughs> or bacon. or you'd call it bacon mail, I guess. I don't uh, know. Bacon mail. Candy gram. Yeah. Oh, that's bacon gram. Yeah, I like it. Bacon gram. Bacon oh, gram. I like that. That's I kind of like that. Bear in mind, mine is referencing another one of Kevin Bacon's roles, a role that a role that he. Uh, I like him a lot better in. Mm. And I'm going to give a quote to y'all, and then okay. I'm going to see what you guys can do with it. She will have long blonde hair, big green eyes, world-cast breasts, ass that don't quit, and legs that go all the way up. That goes over my head, and by the look on Forrest's face, Forrest I, knows I'm exactly glad I, what yes, I'm talking no, I, about. It's an amazing film. It just Oh, is, it, is that Tremors? Yeah. That's Tremors. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, most certainly. <laughs> the idea being is... <laughs> You're pulling the Kevin Bacon if you're automatically 
assuming that's what you want out of a woman. I don't know, Forrest. This Honestly, is why I'm not doing this thing I, I'd rather, if we're going to play off Tremors, maybe it's the guy standing at the edge of the bed and he throws a blanket over his hoo-ha, and you see just him wiggling his hips, and the, the schlong on the bed is just wiggling under the covers like, like a sandworm. <laughs> And you just called. Okay, I just right. want to send all. I just tremors. I don't. I just want to send all my friends I know that are named Kevin some bacon. <laughs> I, I think. I think I want to go with the bacon grams because that's just funny. Bacon gram. That's yeah. that's that's, that's um, good. Nice clean. All right. Sorry, Kevin Bacon's penis. So, oh, so, so a couple, wait a minute. What's up? Kevin Bacon has kids. Do you think he calls them his bacon bits? Okay, sorry. Go. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> that would be fantastic <laughs> if he did. So, some mm. notes for season two. So. We're going to be taking a, it's it's a, not a break, but it's a break. Intermission. It's a, it's a break from regular, regular episodes. There's going to be two episodes coming out after this one that are just going to be, they're, they're basically filler episodes. They're going to be um, our favorite, our top 10 movies that we can't have, that we can't not have in our collection. It's going to be a really difficult list to come up with. I'm still, they've heard my list before and it's going to be hard um changes every day changes every day we already have we already have the list out f- that we are going to be doing for season uh two um and a couple of things we're going to change is uh you will know which movie we are going to be doing the next episode so the first movie that we're going to be starting for season two is the 2004 film cellular which is Mapic, and i'm <laughs> very excited for it um and yeah thank you very much for if you've listened this entire season thank you um i know i've had a lot of fun guys i think it's been great i've had a blast this has been great yeah i i enjoy you too more than i thought i would (laughs) been friends for 20 years for us i hope you would and you improve upon your deficits and weaknesses every day jacob i don't believe you (laughs) Thank you for not ejecting these rejects. Woo! See you all next time, everyone. We will see you next season, even though we're going to see you next week and the week after. But thank you, guys. Love you. Bye-bye. You're sexy.